What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. I'm your host, Rosalind, and you are listening to another episode of the Blender Love series. In this episode, you will hear Mandy as she shares her experiences of the social struggles she encounters due to being in an interracial relationship. Stay tuned. So my name is Rosalind Claru, and well, my last name is now hyphenated. I was recently married this summer, so Don't Thank you. And I am a first-generation American. Um, my parents were born in West Africa and Ivory Coast, and I was born in America. And my husband is white, so we are in an interracial relationship. And I started this podcast a few years ago, having conversations with different first- or second-generation Americans and having them share their experiences and stories, kind of hearing how they align with mine, even though our cultures were completely different like the, the backgrounds were completely different culture so I find that to be really fascinating and then being in this well fairly I guess new relationship and marriage kind of diving into more layers of how other people can relate to that dynamic of a relationship so that's how we're here <laughs> no yeah I'm uh, I've actually listened to a few of your episodes before um coming on here uh, just because I remember I had listened to it during the pandemic um, and you did an episode with a uh, mental health advocate and that's how I found you. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm also a first-gen uh, Hispanic. So both my parents were born in Mexico. Um, I was obviously born in America and I'm also in an interracial relationship, which I think it's really cool that we're kind of like gender swapped right now <laughs> so that we mm -hmm. can see like both sides of it because um, I often hear, like, most of the people that I know in interracial relationships are on the same side as me, where I'm white and my boyfriend's black. Yeah, that's an interesting take, too. I don't think I've, honestly, haven't talked to a white person who has who is dating a black person, I don't think. I yeah, think. I've spoken to very few. I want to say, like, maybe two. That's it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Uh, well, before we get any deeper, I'm going to allow you the space to introduce yourself, talk about what you do, what your interests are, and then we can get uh, more into the topic of the episode. Sure. Um, so my name's Mandy, um, and I'm 25 right now. Um, so I'm a full-time student. I have a lot of interest in a little bit of everything. Um, throughout my um, years in university, I've taken a wide variety of, of subjects just trying to find my niche. Um, I'm super interested in mental health and talking about it. Um, just I haven't found the right space to do it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Honestly, I'd try everything at least once. So here I am. <laughs> I love that. I love the adventurous um, side that you have. Thanks. Um Curious, how did you come across Americanized? Um, so I it was during the pandemic. I mm -hmm. felt really, really alone at the time. Um, it's actually when I first started, uh, first started dating my partner um, and then also actually getting real help for my mental health issues. Um, so that was really hard. Uh, I had like an identity crisis type of thing. So 
I was really looking for people just sharing their stories so that I could relate at some point and honestly really find something to look forward to. Uh, my life was completely different. So finding your podcast and listening to other people from different backgrounds, um, it really helped me kind of put perspective that, you know, I don't have, like I am not alone, really, honestly. So yeah, that's how I came across the podcast. And um, I know you had stopped at some point and then I revisited and saw that you had a few more episodes up. So yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, Murphy inconsistent with <laughs> um, how often or frequent I put out episodes. So I'm trying to be more consistent, but yeah, it's life gets busy. Yeah, no, it's it's totally fine. I think if you just scratch the itch every now and then, it's better than not doing it at all. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, that you're able to come across it. I'm surprised because you do live in Texas. You, you, well, I saw it on the form, so I'm like, yeah. just that outreach is interesting to me, and I'm I'm thankful that it helped you in some way, that it reached you and did something for you. So that's yeah, cool of course. I think a lot of people with podcasts, even like the ones that you know might not have thousands and thousands of people listening, I think they really underestimate like the power of talking. Because I think uh, a lot of times we're kind of, you know, and it's normal to be like self-centered and concerned with what's going on with you that we don't really lend an ear out as much as we should. Um, and this format of like podcasting and stuff, I think it really helps people to kind of just sit down and reflect without having to say anything. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like you don't even have to explain yourself. You can relate without adding anything to the conversation to like anybody. You just get it. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. My heart is so warm and I'm just happy. <laughs> that's so like random, but like super cool and super like there's a meaning behind that and around that super intentional. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And by the way, your voice is like super awesome on the mic. <laughs> like I listen to it and I'm like, oh, everything's okay. I'm calm. <laughs> you have oh. a great like narration voice. It's really good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. That Honestly... My voice is something I've been insecure about for like so many years. And wow. I think, <laughs> I don't know, people always tell me how like calm, calming I am and like soothing. I'm like, okay. I just, I always feel so cringy playing back. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I think it's just the looking in the mirror thing. Like everybody sees something wrong, you know, and it, it is embarrassing. Like even looking at myself in the camera that I have here I'm like oh I'm very asymmetrical but I'm like it's okay everybody else sees it I just don't see it that's why <laughs> that's amazing I'm just I'm glad helping you out in some way whatever form that is so that's great to hear thank you yeah okay I want to ask you how you and your partner met what's the story behind that um so we actually met um over the summer during one of our mini masters and uh I just saw him for the first time and I was like, that's my dream guy. Like he is perfect. He was super funny. He was super nerdy. Um, and it was just like everything I could wrap up in my ideal type was him. <laughs> so I was, I'm usually not like the nervous type or anything. Like if I liked someone, I would go up to them and tell them. I could not tell him for the life of me for months because I was so intimidated. <laughs> But um, finally, I convinced him actually to start working on my team with me. Um, and we did a lot of outreach stuff that's related to the STEM field. And yeah, we just kickstarted and it it's just been amazing since then. Honestly, I don't even know 
when it was like official. I feel like from the moment we started really talking to each other and spending one on one time, it was like, that's it. Like that was our bubble. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love that. And how, when was this? How long have you guys been together? So we are about to hit our three year anniversary next month, actually. The month of love. Valentine's I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so exciting. Well, wow. congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. And so you so you live in Texas and you did mention to me earlier that you live in a Hispanic community mm-hmm. and you're your Hispanic and white half and half and your partner mm-hmm. is half Indian and black. So tell me more about that. Yeah, so um so I'm trying to think of where to pull from this. Um so one of the things that I'll start with my background, I guess. Uh, One of the things that I struggle with is actually identifying with like the Hispanic community. Um, And it's, it's kind of difficult for me here too, because like, I'm, it's probably like, upwards of like 90% Hispanic people here. It's like, it's a lot, a lot of Hispanic people. Um, So everything that goes on in the city, all the cultural, um, you know, the foods, the attitudes, the speaking, everything is surrounded around um, Hispanic heritage. And I don't practice it, if that makes sense. So like the language, I'm a little bit <laughs> bad at it. Um, the foods, I'm pretty ignorant to a lot of other things. And that that also stems from like how I was raised by my parents. Um, so I kind of feel like a, a bit isolated here, if I'm honest. Um, and it wasn't until I traveled outside of where I am that I noticed like, oh, I am Hispanic. Like I'm, I'm a Mexican woman and other people can see that. But when I'm here, I, I don't see that at all. In fact, I see myself as an outlier. Um, and then my boyfriend's background. So um, his father is black and his mother's uh, Sri Lankan. So she uh, immigrated here from uh the UK actually she yeah she she left her life and she came here obviously they got married um and my boyfriend doesn't really dive into the Indian side too much um aside from food I mean we're we're pretty like copy print on paper to be perfectly honest with you I know both of us would like to indulge more like in our backgrounds of our cultures and stuff and and our heritage but we really don't um so the school that we go to (laughs) we have a lot of uh people from overseas um they're Indian so a lot of people profile um that they look Indian obviously. So he doesn't really get put into that category. Um, He kind of gets put in more with like the standard, you know, uh, African-American. And um, I mean, that's really where he is. I think he also feels like a free floating thing because he doesn't belong to one community or the other completely. Um, And then being in the STEM field, we're both extreme minorities in that case. So, you know, me being a woman and being a black man um, and then him also being put into a Hispanic uh, bubble is also very difficult for him. So he experiences a lot of just like, uh, I would say like microaggressions to where people will speak uh, different languages around him that they know he doesn't understand. Um, So I can relate to him in that aspect where you know, people assume that I know the language and I don't. And it's very offensive to people when you don't know it. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of like the overall <laughs> bubble of where we're at. That was many layers and levels. That was a lot. That's like there's this and then it, it just keeps mm -hmm. going. But I guess the positive out of that is you're able to connect on those complicated, complex um, yeah. identity. Yeah, definitely. It feels uh, it just feels less isolating. Like I can understand his concerns, maybe not a hundred percent, and he can understand mine, maybe not a hundred percent either. But it's better than being um, kind of questioned by people that are fully one thing or fully the other. We're like exactly. in between. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's cool too because you guys are both mixed races. Just cool. I love that you guys are able to be minorities in those areas of your life, those communities, and still connect and relate to something. I think it makes uh, the aspect of being in that interracial relationship a lot easier. Yeah, and I think another another huge point is like not trying to force the connection also. Mm -hmm. Like there's things that I will never know as a woman and then also being white. Like I will never understand what it's like for him to be a man in the field that he's in and to be black. I'm just never going to know. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of bump heads because they try to say, oh, I hear you. Let me tell you something similar that happened to me. And it's like, no, no, no. It's this mm -hmm. situation. Like, let's work through this first. Mine is a whole other different thing. Right. I love that you say that. That's the piece where everyone's trying to relate with one another to make the world like, I, I see you, I get you, I understand you, I hear you. But you don't because there's so many nuances to all the layers that you talked about. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like, I can't even relate to what you're like. As much as you relate to like the first gen identity, you have a lot more going on there. <laughs> that makes me nervous. <laughs> like, but you also have the support of your boyfriend, and like I'm going to keep saying it's so great that you guys can relate and connect to those things. Something I notice is that you, I notice you, um, kind of like speaking about yourself, you identify as white more. Is that because? In your day-to-day, -day, is that how you identify? Uh, honestly, um, I gave a lot of thought to that within the past year, um, especially coming out of the pandemic and actually interacting with people again. Um, I'm in a very privileged spot where I can do either. So, um, you know, I can understand my peers and my coworkers, uh, you know, when they're talking about their their foods, their prayers, you know, sometimes when they speak uh, Mexican or Mexican, <laughs> sometimes when they speak Spanish, sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then in other instances where I'm around a lot of white people, like my professors who are older, um, I speak very clearly. Um, I know, you know, my vocabulary is very diverse, which is a little bit spotty where I live because a lot of people have an accent. So I'm, I'm very privileged where I can bounce back and forth. But at the end of the day, when I lay in my bed, I honestly don't feel any pull towards my Hispanics heritage at all. So I would consider myself white. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Just you're kind of able to be that chameleon. But at the end of the day, you lean more towards white. Yeah. And Although it is, like, I, I see the benefits of it, it also is a bit sad, um, at least to me, just because I know that I have these backgrounds. And, um, for example, if I asked my my mom or my dad a question about, I don't know, I, I heard a word that I didn't, I didn't 
know before or a dish or a celebration, whatever, whatever it may be, um, they look at me and they're kind of surprised that I don't know it, but they never taught me it. Their goal was to make me as white as possible. And now I am, but now I'm alienated from that. So it, it's a really complex situation. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. You said it perfectly. I think a lot of foreign parents, immigrant parents, that is their goal to make their parents as American. And I guess in your case, white as possible, yeah. forgetting the heritage, their culture, the language even. And then when you do, you get older and you grow into what is my cultural background? What am I? What is my identity? And you go to your parents, you could have or should have passed down these things to you. They're like, how do you not know this? You never yeah. taught me anything. So Exactly. It's it's really frustrating. And it's almost mm -hmm. like, um, you know, just on top of, of, you know, mental health and everything. If you omit that, it's like, who, you really have to answer, like, who am I? Like, really? Because I can fit in with these people yet when they start talking about their own heritage i kind of get it but i kind of really don't um and it kind of feels like you're crossing a line that you're not supposed to be in both sides so yeah it's 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 difficult i sympathize with anybody who's in my uh situation because i also feel like it's almost offensive uh for me to say that i'm white I know a lot of people would be upset with me, um, even personally in my life that have known me forever. Um, and I think people don't want to admit also that our parents want us to be white because that's how they saw survival. So that's how I came about. <laughs> and it's not, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. I could be a lot more terrible things, but it does cause that identity issue um, again for me and my partner. So. Yeah, that's, it's like, you just made me think of something that I would have never said before. The struggles of being Black in America. I feel weird saying this, but I, there are struggles to being white in America, especially in your shoes, yeah. having another cultural piece. Because I feel like right now, with cancel culture, everybody's mad at white people for everything. So Yeah. That's, yeah. I yeah. think... Um... I mean, not that you asked me what I think, but just bouncing off to kind of make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Like, I I don't disagree with you at all. I think, I think the part where people go wrong and get angry is that none of us want to understand each other. So, like, you sitting here, I mean, you, the fact that you even acknowledge that I said that, you know, um, it's hard for me to even identify as white means that you are on a different level than other people where you're willing to understand and kind of put yourself into my shoes where I can do the same with you. Um, but it's tough to do that when, again, like I said, you have people so much in one corner and one in the other. It's like you just don't want to say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of this, this work is you just have to be open and understanding to, even if you don't agree with the person exactly. just getting their perspective yeah so that's what i'm gauging here is <laughs> your perspective on life because this is a lot and then i can't imagine so i don't know what that dynamic is like being in a hispanic community as a mixed race couple and um socializing if there are any challenges there or how maybe there aren't any challenges what that's like for you um no, it, it is very challenging. 
I guess on on the social aspect, oh, I'm trying to think of how to divide this so it doesn't mm. get jumbled. But um, I guess we'll start like with creating friendships as a couple, because I, I do strongly believe that, you know, you should have your own friendships as an individual and then being able to come together as this like one being, um, you can have friends as a couple. Um, so we haven't actually had much luck um, getting along with each other's friends or let me correct that with my friends getting along with him. And it's because they are Hispanic, like fully, you know, they speak the language, they have the cultural practices, um, everything like that. And with him, since he grew up in the same place as me, his friends are Hispanic. Um, so they can kind of, they can kind of understand him because they chose to be with him, which sounds terrible, but it's the truth, right? When we make friends, they're choosing to be with us. So my friends choose to be with me, but not with my boyfriend because he's black and he doesn't get it. And that's just the end of it. So needless to say, I don't have those friends anymore. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it is definitely hard to navigate that. Um, but my boyfriend has been more than willing to, like, learn about the language and the culture and the people. You know, he has, like, his favorite foods. He can pronounce stuff way better than me, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, people don't usually approach us, to be perfectly honest with you. Because it's just, I feel that they come up to us and they struggle with, uh how they choose to relate to us instead of presenting as themselves however it is um they have to decide oh uh should i speak spanish or should i speak english and then they get offended that i don't speak spanish because i'm not i'm not a translator for my boyfriend i feel like that's disrespectful for anyone to treat me that way and it's also disrespectful to him so our our social life in terms of friends it's it's mostly cut off um, the only way that we relate to people really is through our work. And I think that um, we've definitely gained really good friendships out of that. Um, and we also kind of learned just to just to be by ourselves. You know, we're not all consuming, um, but, you know, we're able to sit with the fact like, hey, you know, the odds are kind of stacked against us. So let's just make the most of what we have. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, sometimes that's the best way to go. You guys do have each other and the friends that you do have, they're there. That's there's just stuff that people get so weird about interacting with people that who don't look like them. Yeah, it's really, um, I mean, I don't want to speak like for, actually, I think it's just, I, I think this is a human thing. I mean, your first perception of someone is, you know, judging how they look. And even if someone looks exactly like me, I will judge them based off of their hair color, their clothing, how they act in class, stuff like that. I mean, we're all human. But I do think that, you know, being an interracial couple definitely put up some walls in terms of how people view us. Yeah, I know there's a thing with Black people dating white people. And it's different when a black woman dates a white man. I feel that's, if in the media's eyes, I feel like that's favored as opposed to a black man dating a white woman. Because, like, black love is a thing, and there's a thing with black men and black women. And, and so I can understand that piece, too, if that's something that he experiences. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's the, the second part of the social aspect that I was going to get into. So... 
Um, I think one thing that, you know, people don't talk about too much, or I haven't talked about it too much either, um, is kind of just like just being in a space. You know, normally, if it was two white people together or even two black people together, um, it's like everything mixes together. But mm -hmm. if it's an interracial couple, it's kind of like oil and water. Like sometimes they go in, but at the most, you know, people are watching the top layer. And um, unfortunately for him, it, it makes my heart break. I, I can't even imagine feeling like this, but um, he gets very scared uh, because people always assume that I am being abused by him <laughs> as, oh. yeah. So that's really typical for us here. I don't know if that's a sentiment that a lot of black men share. I, I wouldn't know to be honest, but um, so here we have a lot of military people as well. So we have high rates of domestic violence. We have high rates of divorce. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's, we hear a lot that it's the man to the woman and adding that interracial factor into our identity really amplifies that. Um, just to give you an example th that I was dwelling on for a while, uh, me and my boyfriend are, are very active. So we go a lot of places together, hiking, working out, stuff like that. Um, and I, <laughs> I was especially emotional, uh, because I'm, I was going through my period, um, and we had kind of gotten into an argument and, uh, we were talking about it and I just started crying and, um, it was, it was difficult for me not to get offended by him trying to hide me because when people see me crying and he's not, he's a very tall man. He's like six, five. I'm like five, one, if I'm being generous, <laughs> So it looks like he's towering over me and being condescending towards me. People automatically put that together. So it's like, there's no time for crying here, which obviously puts a strain on our relationship. Because I think people forget like the outside, it's, it doesn't just stay outside. You know, when we close the door and we come to bed together, those issues still exist for us. Mm -hmm. um, and we could be locked up all day, but you know, you just worry about what people are thinking. Like, is he keeping me here? Uh, things like that. And then uh, another aspect of it too is, <laughs> so this is on my end, men tend to think that because my partner is black, that they have a better chance with me, even though I've fully shown that I'm taken completely. Um, they, it, I mean, they're condescending towards him. Um, and then you have another aspect of, of men that think that our relationship is a fetish because of the way that I look. Um, you know, it's, nobody wants to say it, but like uh, women who are curvier, right? If they're seen with a black man, they think it's like a fetish, fetishization thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, people honestly will be upright and ask me about like my sex life. Um, they'll ask me like, They'll make slight comments here and then about like my my butt or something and him, you know, you can imagine all the things put them together. So it's 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 a really push and pull thing where we don't want to give into that idea that, you know, we're we're just together because of looks. And then also, you know, not having to think that we always have to be displaying a healthy relationship for the sake of his safety. It's it's hard to navigate that. <laughs>
Yeah, this is some wild stuff. And I think, like, this is very blunt and just outright prejudice, racist, microaggressions all in the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 even hard to just define one incident as one thing. Mm, yeah, and I haven't even, and this is all in my community. Keep in mind, I haven't even talked about leaving our state or leaving our city. That's a completely different thing. Right now, I'm just talking about, you know, our mix of Hispanic people and then me and my boyfriend, who's black. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's just here. Um, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. And yeah, I like to be very blunt about it, too, because honestly, I, I haven't found resources um, I think it's very common, you know, when your partner has an issue, you kind of like tell them like, I'm sorry, I don't get it. And then you go and Google, <laughs> mm -hmm. you Google, you try to find out what to say, what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing. Um, and it's hard as like, honestly, it's hard from our end. Thank you so much for listening and hope to catch you in the next episode. All music produced by Stubborn Saul. Be sure to check him out on all music listening platforms at S-T-B-R-N-S-A-L.